Welcome, guys. This is Daniel Edwards. I am talking about the guy shit. So, this is a new channel I've just made up. I have gone through some tragic events in my life. Maybe not in others' uh, ways of thinking, but in my life, in my emotion, you know, I've gone through so much here recently. Um, almost two years ago, my son was born with a previous relationship that was off and on for six years. Don't know why, but I couldn't get out of it. Ended up finding someone else. Turned around getting married. To give you a little bit of background, um, I'm 33 years old, just recently turned 33 years old. I work in commercial contracting, been doing it for about 10 years, and I make really good money, very successful, um, you know, to kind of go into a little bit of a brief description, I did have a house that I owned, and that kind of goes into a, my story today, but I uh, had a house that I owned, sold it. Um, was recently married, going through a divorce now in the process of, and to kind of just elaborate what's been going on is my son and I have partnered up with some friends of mine. We share a room together. We're making a different change for the better, you know, and the reason why I'm talking about the gosh shit is because, you know, there's so much that goes on in our lives that we don't even realize, you know, what happens to us until, you know, something traumatic happens. You know, one of the things that happened to me is I, I was married with a very gorgeous woman. I mean, you know, I've been in a lot of relationships, lived in California for seven years, um, you know, San Diego, beautiful women there. But for the woman that I finally was just like, I'm going to marry this woman. I swear it was like a 10 out of 10. I mean, you can't give a woman a 10 out of 10, but she just thinks she's that gorgeous. And, and in all reality, she is. Um, the only difference was, is I didn't see the red flags. And that is the biggest thing that I've learned in my recent events. And the crazy part is, is I've been, I've been through relationships before, but for some odd reason, when I saw this woman and how beautiful she was and how picture perfect and just her personality, her job security, I mean, it's just like all the things that you want to see in a woman, it was there. And there's red flags that I never identified. And this is me reflecting on what a guy didn't see. And now you know, the repercussions of what I am experiencing personally myself. You know, there's guys out there today that probably look at it and be like, dude, you're an idiot. Why would you do that? Or, you know, women probably look at it and be like, wow, you're an idiot, you know, or whatever. I don't care. You know, the thing is, is that everyone has a past. Everyone has things, uh, you know, there was, there were stipulations and situations that were going on at the time that, you have to take into consideration. So let's let's all be open-minded that we don't know the full extent of every detail of this whole elaborate story. But I'm just going to tell you kind of the past experience that I've had with my recent divorce and 
you know, hopefully you guys can kind of share and understand, you know, the, the point of all of this podcast is really just to educate other women and even men that, you know, men get abused and taken advantage of, even though women think, oh, you know, I've been traumatically traumatized by this man. He hurt me so bad. He, uh, he took advantage of me. You know, you know what? You're right. There's a lot of men out there that have done it. You know, in my past relationships, when I was living a long, young life in California, yeah, I was that guy, you know? So I'm part of that to be the blame of. But now I turn my life around. I picked a woman that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. And karma finally caught up to me. And that's, and I hate to say that, but that's just, you know, it was a lesson that needed to be learned. And, and even though that I was like in a vulnerable position and I truly put all my cards on the table and was fully committed, you know, now I realize the real truth of what it feels like to be on the other side. And so I'm really just wanting to express and share that. Backing up. Let's go back to year of 2019. My son was born in November. Uh, shortly after November, I met a female in the year 2020. No. So, uh, nope, I had that wrong. So, in 2018, my son was born. And then 2019, I met my ex-wife. And great female. I had my house, I had a motorcycle, um, and I had a good job, I had a good job, you know, making really good money, um, and especially for me at 30, 31 years old, I was like, I'm doing great, this is awesome, fantastic, I love what I'm doing. Anyway, so my son's born, I'm going through a problem where my son and his mother, you know, um, my son is obviously a newborn and he's breastfeeding so there's a lot of like uh, emotional attachment to the mother and the child which i get and at the time i was very uh naive and, or not naive uh selfish ignorant i really wanted my son you know i don't want to be in a relationship with her you know we were off and on for six years this is talking about previous relationship with my son's mother we were off and on for six years and i was done and then in all honesty it just kind of one of those things that just happened and Next thing you know, you know, I'm pregnant. You know, initially, I'm scared shitless. Like, looking back now from who I am right now, I was scared shitless. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know if I was a good father. I, I was like, dude, I'm not even ready. I don't, I don't, I'm not even married. Um, and lo and behold, you know, 2018 goes by. We were kind of trying to work things out. Didn't work out. And then we get to fast forwarding to about uh, Father's Day, June. Okay, I met a female a week before Father's Day, and super chill. Has three kids. You know, she was married twice. Um, had three kids with the previous marriage, the previous two marriages. She had one kid first marriage, and then two with the second marriage, and. You know, she'd worked at the same company for 17, 16 years or whatever. So probably like 15 at that time. But, you know, has her, you know, she came off as very strong-willed, very dominant. 
you know, and I really like that because, you know, in my, in my construction life, you know, I was a project manager, you know, and I was running things. I was always telling people what to do, where to go, how things need to be. I was reporting in, telling materials. Like, that was a very important position. So whenever I met this female, she came off as the same way, very strong-willed, very, you know, didn't take no for an answer. Well, when we met, I mean, it just kind of, like, worked. I mean, the, the probably the coolest thing ever is that when our second date, she just came over. And we just hung out and talked, and she helped me change the oil on my bike. And, I mean, every guy's like, hell yeah, dude, that's fucking awesome. Not to mention, she was a, a manager at a car mechanic place. You know, so she ran that shop. She told men, grown men, grown mechanics, you know, to get their asses back to work or get this shit out. It needs to get out. And forget my language. I have a little bit of a language that I'll try to keep everything filtered as much as I can possible. But anyway, so she came off as very, like, you know, strong and dominant. And I found that super attractive. Not to mention, the body was gorgeous. I mean, big tits, beautiful face, perfect body. I mean, you'll look at her and you'll be like, all right, one, she's either a Playboy model or she's a porn star. She looks hot as anything. And, and in all reality, like, you know, looking back at that time of where my head was at, I was like, this is the woman that I want for the rest of my life. I mean, you can sit here and say you got a type. Fuck the type. She was what I wanted. Established. Yeah, she has kids, but I'm okay with that. You know, I have a kid. So she's okay with it. I'm okay with it. Let's go. With it. You know, has her shit together. She don't need my money. She's got her own money. Awesome. But let me just tell you, that did not partake in the future. You know, it all began with going out to dates and stuff like that. And it was very, very emotional, very like physical and a lot of sex and everything. And it was great. And it was awesome. <laughs> And, uh, it, you know, slowly there was these things where it was like, look, if you really want to take these, this is what she was portraying to me is that, you know, Hey, if you really want to take our relationship seriously, like you can't talk to other females. And at this time, like we're just dating and talking, you know, and yeah, it's very intimate and it's getting serious. And I'm, I'm telling you, man, I was feeling the emotions and like I was all up in it. And so whenever she came to me and was like, hey, look, if you're seriously about being with me, like you can't sit here and talk to other females. Well, initially it was kind of hard. And then at a point, at a point, it actually caused us to buy for about a month and we ended up joining back together. Well, here's the click. The, the first thing that I should have realized, well, when we first got together, you know, I didn't realize it, you know, at the time, but she was just recently divorced two years ago with another guy that was a cop. And, you know, I, he was blowing her up while, he's, while she's hanging out with me. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. And, I mean, this man's cussing at her. This man's insulting her. You know, uh, I'm sitting here taking care of your two daughters while you're out flirting and fucking around with other men. You're such a whore, you know, and it's like, whoa, like this is a huge problem. But you know what Mr. Daniel Edwards thought? 
I could be the knight in shining armor. I can be her hero. Because every man wants to be a hero of someone's life. Every man wants to be that that guy that's, you know, I saved this woman's life or I saved this woman from a bad relationship. We all ultimately want to be the Captain America of Marvel, you know? Um, and this is just kind of like everybody wants to be the good guy. Anyway... So I took on that, and I totally not blindsided the red flag, kept on going. Then it was, you know, later I'd find out that even though I was stop, I had stopped talking to other females, uh, on my birthday, I found out that she was talking to other men. You know, the other men were finding her attractive, and it was, uh, you know, DMing her on Facebook. And right then and there, I told her, I said, we're done. I'm not going to sit here and have you do that. And me do." And, and that was where I first was like, I, I'm, I'm not doing this. This is not who I am. But I played in the manipulation. Oh, it's just so hard for me. I've been so used to it. I really wasn't being disrespectful. Blah, blah, blah. What did old D do? Fell right back into it. You know, it took us about a month to kind of get past everything. And, and the crazy part is, is like, even though I was infatuated in love with her, uh, I realized that I didn't care that she was talking to another guy because I just want her, you know? And it's not like I was sitting here saying that, oh, you could be with other people. No, I, what I was saying is, is that, you know, even though she was stuck between her and this other guy and me, like, I wanted to be the competition. I wanted a winner. So I was pursuing her, flowers, showing for her work, trying to talk to her, you know. And it got to the point where she finally was just like, look, if we're going to do this, we need to commit 100%. Now, be in mind that when this is all being stated, I'm being so stupid to realize that she's literally saying that these things towards me as if I was the one that cheated on her when I did it. It was her who was talking to other men. But I didn't really realize that. And so anyway, I'm like, yes, anything. I, I'll, I, I don't mind. I'll do it. I will do whatever. So I went through my whole entire phone book, blocked, deleted. I sent messages to females. It's like, don't contact me. I found someone I really want to be with. Sorry if I led you on the wrong way, but this is who I really want to be with. And and there it went. You know, there there we're going. We're talking. We're get we're taking things seriously. I'm getting to know the kids a little bit more. You know, but I can't stay over. You know, because we're not married, and her papers were saying that we had to be married. And I was like, okay, all right. You know, we'll just give us some time. Well, then it came into, you know, then the first manipulation or the, you know, then the next manipulation was that, well, I don't really feel safe. You know, I feel much safer if you were there staying with me. And that way I knew the kids were protected. Now, be in mind, she was having a kid sleep in the bed with her. She had a 12-year-old boy and two little girls, and they were sleeping in the bed with her. And she was deathly afraid that he was going to, that her ex-husband that was a cop was going to come break in and kill her and take the girls. And she was just scared. 
And again, Daniel Edwards here, wanting to be the hero, decides to, well, what do we need to do? You know, do we need to get married? Well, yeah, but I don't want to get married. Like, you need to give me a ring, and it needs to be serious. So I'm sitting here going, okay, so I got to get her a ring. Well, I'm making friends with her mother, and her mother, you know, to tell that I really love her. And she's like, Daniel, I want y'all to get married too. And I'm going to give you my, my wedding ring that my husband gave me so you can ask her to marry me. Yes. This is my chance. I got a ring. I got the mother's blessings. You know, now I got to make it special. Well, she told me about this restaurant. I can't remember the name to save my life now. Um, but I decided, I was like, oh, I'm going to take her to this restaurant that her mom and dad went on when he proposed to his, when he proposed to my ex-wife's mother. And I was like, this is going to be so sentimental. Two marriages. Not anybody has ever taken to this restaurant. I'm the man that's going to take her. And I'm taking her with the ring that her mother was proposed to by her own father. Like, I was stoked. This is it. I did it. Which the restaurant was dressed super nice. Got on a knee. Proposed to her in the restaurant. Bam. She said yes. Now, be in mind, this is all like within months of each other. I mean, what in the hell was I thinking? But I did it. And now I'm like, yes. She's got a ring on it. I'm feeling good. She's engaged. We're going to get, we're going to get married. Well, this is me sitting here thinking in my mind that we're just going to be engaged for a while. So she knows that I was committed, but it didn't stop there. It turned around and if you were serious about being married to me, we would get married. And I was like, oh, I don't know yet. I mean, we're still getting to know each other, you know? Like, I'm not against getting married to you. I want to be married to you. But I think we should allow each other time so we can get to know one another still, you know? I was like, I don't even have custody of my son. I'm fighting custody for him. You know, well, then it was, well, you really don't mean it. You really don't want to be married to me. You just did all this. This is just convenient for you. You know, then it turned into, uh, you know, you're just doing this so it looks good to get your son. You're, you're not really committed. You're just making it look like you're a committed father, but you're really not. So what did I do? Turn around and went to the courthouse, got the paperwork for us to get married, Found somebody online to get us ordained and a priest or whatever. Found somebody online. Made an appointment. And we, I told her on the, and this is crazy. On the day that she has off, which is like every Wednesday or Thursday, you know, she flip-flopped it back and forth. Uh, so I scheduled it for the day that she was off. So it would conveniently work for her. We turned around, dropped kids off, got everything together, went out there at a, a lake, uh, a little bit, about 45 minutes out of town, and we were literally driving, and she's like, I don't know if we should do this, I'm like, what, I was like, I thought, I was like, I'm, I'm serious, like, look, I'm right here with you, like, you're not alone, I don't want you to do this by yourself no more, I'm right here with you, we're gonna get married, 
go out there. I mean, it was like some serious convincing her. Like, it was, at first it wasn't, and then all of a sudden it was, okay, well, I don't know, you know, doubts and all that. And, like, finally, after sitting there with a car for, like, 30, 45 minutes before the guy got there, you know, I, she's, like, all in for it now. And I'm like, oh, you know, maybe we should have gotten married, but I didn't think anything of it. Just kept on moving on. So what did I do? Got married. Took the paperwork back up to the courthouse. Processed the paperwork with uh, with the court. And we're married. And I'm telling you, it probably wasn't a day later or that night or the next day or whatever. You know, I was staying there at the house. I have accomplished the impossible. I mean, it was... It was such a big move. I was stoked. I was happy as it could be. This woman's gorgeous. We're married. And then slowly things started changing even worse. You know, and the crazy part is everybody's sitting here thinking like, geez, that's so much crap already. You know, why didn't you leave? That's such, so many red flags. At the time, I did not care. All I could care about was her being my wife. I wanted her. So I did. So we're married. And we're, we're going through it and stuff. And uh, things kind of changed. Now I've got my son who we went to court with. And, you know, that, we finally got through all that. But we got married. We got, got through the court. I got 50% with my son. You know, physical custody and legal custody. It was a win. You know, it wasn't no a week, weekend, uh, every other weekend. It was week on, week off. You know, child support was split based on our income. So I didn't have to pay full amount of child support. Our, our income to income was split based on the differences that, that I was making. You know, so if she made 30000 and I made uh, 50000 I had to come up with a $20,000 difference in child support type of thing. So, it worked out better, you know, and she had to pay my attorney fees, so that was cool, you know, so there was a lot, there was a lot, you know, that was going on, anyway, um, so that was a good victory, well, shortly after that, I still had two homes, I had my home and the one that my wife had, and at the time, I was being told that my wife was supposed to inherit that home. That was like five miles down the way from my house. You know, three 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 acres of land, a little pond. It's all, it was a mobile home, but hey, it it was nice. It wasn't too bad. I mean, it had it needed some fix it up or whatever. But hey, well, I'm working construction. I can do all that. You know, but she had made me believe that she was inheriting the house. I just wanted to make her settle in for a year or two pay her mom just to help her out, and that she was supposed to inherit the house. Fuck yeah, cool, awesome. Well, my wife decided that she wanted to tell me that I needed to get rid of my house. I said, for what? Well, that's your fallback plan. You know what? At the time, it was. It was my extra security. I was going to rent the house out, have a little bit of extra income every month, but it was just a uh, I, I would feel so much better to be, to have an extra home just in case 
But I was later convinced that that was a fallback plan, that if I, I really wasn't fully convinced or I really wasn't fully invested into our marriage and that I needed to sell the house. There's no reason for us to have two houses. We need to have one. So I sold. And I got every bit of that money. Now, if you didn't mind, the house that I had gotten was my grandmother's house that I had fixed up, got it all nice, and sold it for $20,000 more than what I what it was appraised for, you know. Um, and this is back in 2019, late 2019. So I sold the house and got the money. Next thing I know, I'm like, you know, next thing I know, um. How do I explain this? I decide that I want to, you know, buy my wife stuff. Sorry. All right. So I, I was I was at that point in time where we're made. I sold the house, and there's things that I needed to pay. You know, like paid some attorney fees, even though. You know, my son's mother paid him. I still had some that I needed to pay up on my end. So I paid that up. Uh, I had some debt. I paid that off. And I had a motorcycle. I paid it off. You know, so I'm at a good position in my life where I don't have no debt. I got all this cash in my hand. And I'm living in a house that we're paying her mother like 600 bucks. And I'm just like, cool, we're good. So... What did I do? I said, well, since we're buying, you know, since we're going to get this house, I'm going to renovate the bathroom because the master bathroom was not what she wanted. It had carpet in there. It looked like crap. So I started renovating that bathroom. I tore the carpet all out. I went and spent like $4,000 on tile, all the appliance, all the things that I needed, grout, mud, board, you know, toilet bowl ring, uh, took the toilet out. Got some wood. I got mirrors. Man, I tell you what, I probably renovated that bathroom from a bathroom that was in a mobile home to a bathroom that was probably in a $400,000 house type bathroom. I mean, this sun gun looked like marble floor. And I've never done it before. And I was like, heck yes. I love it. My wife, she loved it. Shortly after that, my wife started talking about how she felt very insecure about herself. She had fake boobs, and she was just like, you know, I've gone through three marriages, uh, two marriages, or three kids. The, my boobs are not right. I need to get them fixed. I was like, well, how much does that cost? I don't know. So she scheduled an appointment. Okay, well, what are they? I was like, well, I'll come with you. She's like, do you really want to? I said, yeah, absolutely. You know, she's like, would you want them to get bigger? It's like, hell yeah, I want them to go bigger. Go big or go home, you know? Man, we we went to this place. I paid $5,000 for her to get new tits and took care of her, took some time off to take care of her. She got new tits. She's, you know, she's loving it. She's worried about the scarring and all that hurting her or whatever, but yeah, it kind of, it kind of comes with the territory, but 
you know, that was like another thing. Like, she was very insecure about herself. And I was like, you're so gorgeous. Why? You know? But you know what? If that's what's going to make my wife feel better about herself, we're going to have more sex. Fuck yeah, let's do it. So I committed. You know, got all that done. Well, during this whole process, my wife's driving around in a vehicle. At the time, I thought it was hers. No, it wasn't hers. I found out later that it was her ex-husband's from her two-year relationship, the two marriage, that she was married for eight years, but the two-year divorce, and she was still paying the note on the vehicle that he had purchased that was in her his name and not in hers, and she has not taken a loan to buy it out so that it would be out of his name because she didn't have credit. So I was like, uh, okay, well, how much is that going to cost? It was a little bit over 15 grand, and I was like, oh, I don't know about it. Now, being mine, I bought a go-kart for the house. I spent $5,000 on renovating the bathroom. Uh, we paid for propane. That was 500 bucks a time to get it refilled. I think we filled it three. I mean, that's $15,000, $2,000 know, that I spent on that alone. Plus, I paid my debt off. You know, I went through that money. Pretty, I've been going through that money pretty quick. So once she was bringing this up to me, I was like, man, I really don't want to spend all that money to pay that car off, you know, when it's her ex-husband, and then that's hers, and then I, you know, I won't benefit from it. You know, so in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, maybe I need to buy her a car and have it in my name using my money. And then that way, it kind of, it's like, my but still hers and my money blah 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 anyway so i did that found her a forerunner she wanted oh i bought me a truck which i didn't pay all the way down on it i just bought me i put a down payment of like 15 grand on it and then financed the rest of it which i was cool with and everything but anyway um so i did that and i turned around I turn around and I have her um, find the car. She's dying for a forerunner. I got a Toyota Tundra. She wants to get a forerunner. She can match because we all love Toyotas because her other car was a Toyota Highlander. So I was like, all right, let's go get you this forerunner. 15 grand for a forerunner. And I went out there, gave the, gave the guys a check for 15 grand, and got her, got her vehicle. She loved it. Windows got, we tinted the windows. She got wheels on it, new tires. And now I'm like, my money that I've gotten from selling the house is just getting thinner and thinner. To a point where I'm like, dude, you know, I, I can't really be spending this much money. Like, I mean, it was, it was to the point where it was almost like every other week I was spending $1,000 on just junk whether it was food, toys, or just something came up and she needed a medical bills paid or something. I mean, it was like every other week I was transferring $1,000 back into my account to just compensate for the difference. And I finally was telling her, like, look, I said, like, this stuff's getting done. Like, I can't, I can't keep doing this. Well, I noticed that whenever all that started going on, and I say notice that, I'm saying that, now, looking back, I noticed that the more I kept telling her about our money running thin, the more it was 
I don't think this marriage is going to work out. I really think this is just not, I don't think you really love me. And what did I initially do? Spin them up, spin them up, spin them up. Whatever it was, nails, clothes. I don't know how much Amazon stuff. I mean, I paid for so many Amazon things. I bought her clothes. I wanted her to know how sexy she was because I would go through Amazon and I would see these clothing on women. And I'm like, dude, that would look so hot on my wife. Yeah, that's that looks good. I want that. I want her to wear that. And I would file money day day in day. In. I mean, like weekend every week there was gifts coming in, and I'd always say, "Oh, that's so happy coming in," you know. And it might have been like forty bucks here, thirty bucks here, a hundred bucks there, you know. But I was wanting my wife to know that I wanted her to look good, and I wanted her to look good at things that I found her attractive. So I was like literally just doing what every man should do for a woman. If you love a woman and you want her to feel good and confident, you know, and she doesn't feel good and confident, and you want her to wear something, buy it, tell her to wear it because you bought it, and then when she wears it, you praise her and let her feel that compassion that you have for her. And I was. You know how many times I bought heels that my wife never wore? Maybe she wore it on Sunday when we went to church. Or maybe she wore it when we went to date night. But I mean, she never wore anything I bought her unless I made her, like, feel guilty for it. I hate saying that, but I mean, that's just, I mean, it would come down to the point where I'd be like, you never wear what I buy you. You always wear the stuff that you have. I mean, there's stuff in there. In a closet. Oh, yeah. And I renovated the closet. Forgot about that. Yeah. So she, we only had like two hangers in the closet. And I renovated the whole closet where she had like a whole entire shelf to where her shoes could all go into. And I literally built two more rows of clothes. So she had all one side of like she literally had three rows of clothing that she could hang. Dresses, short skirts. She had all the cabinets for her jeans. She had a chandelier for her closet light. We had a bench for her socks to go in. And she had her dresser that her, like, sports bras or bras and her panties went in. And then she had this huge rack on the side of the wall that wasn't being used at all for all of her Louis Vuitton purses and handbags and all this other bull crud. Anyway, uh, but, I mean, there was times in that closet where literally – there was tags on stuff that she never even put on. That was just in the closet. I swear, she bought clothes. Before I met her, uh, or before we married, she literally showed me her spare bedroom where my son was going to be in if we got married at the time. And it was literally a pile of clothes to about waist high. And what it was is that she was doing laundry, and she was so lazy, and she didn't want to put the laundry away, so she just throw it in this room. Well, I guess when somebody would come over, instead of her putting the clothes away, she'd just grab that pile of clean clothes and go throw it in this room and shut the door. You know, so for my outsider looking in, before we got married, I was like, oh, this is a really nice place. You know, this is nice. You know, but I should have known when I opened her closet and I saw clothes on the floor, she said, oh, I just don't have enough room to hang all my stuff. So when we got married, I fixed the closet. Then I was like, well, we got to get Bennett's room ready. You know, that's my son's name, by the way. Um, so we're going to get my son's room all straight up, and there's clothes everywhere. 
stuff everywhere, toys everywhere. I mean, there's a dresser that's just sitting in the middle of the room, clothes all in the drawers, and drawers are pulled out. I'm like, oh, my God. So, I mean, it took us like a, a month, a good month, to get everything squared away. And and then at that time, we still didn't have Bennett at the time. So, we had time to do it. But we painted the room, got it all nice and set up, you know, replaced the ceiling fan, replaced the 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 uh, what's it called? I can't even think of blinds. You know, put a curtain up so you can't see out and stuff. Like we we did some renovating for that room, paint and trim. Anyway, so we did all that, and now it's just like all the stuff that we keep buying, and I'm like, dude, the funding is getting low. I can't get, and we're literally at that point where it's just like every other day is how can I justify our marriage is really going to last. And be in mind, there's things that were talked about where I'm not your type. We're married. There is no type anymore. Like this, we're, we're married. We're not dating. Okay. Then there was other talks where my wife would literally tell me like, if I'm not getting sex, I'm going to get it from somewhere. And I was like, that's not cool. I don't like that at all. Like, why would you even say that? That's like so disrespectful. Well, I'm just telling you how it is. Like, if I don't have it, you know, I have needs too. And I was like, well, fuck, I do too. Now, be in mind, this is a woman that when I left my work, she would FaceTime me the second I left work, probably till the time I come home or that I was going to her work to meet up with her. That's everything I told you. It's not even a mention that I had to FaceTime her every day. I I had my GPS location on my phone. She didn't like me having two phones, but I gave her GPS tracker on both of them so she didn't have nothing to worry about. And then I FaceTimed her everywhere I went. I go to the store, FaceTimed her. Uh, I'm, I'm at my job. Oh, I was, I was FaceTiming her while I was on the job site. I'm up there with architects and engineers. And I'm like, hey, excuse me, my wife's calling me to make sure everything's okay. I just want to know if you're okay, if you're actually doing what you're supposed to be doing. I'm like, I'm yeah, I'm at work. What do you want me to do? You know, so this is the stuff that I was going through. And I was married to her for a year and a half. And I was, and at the time, I was working for one company, and they were making me go out of town. So, like, really, honestly, the only break that I was going to get was when I was going out of town. I didn't have to deal with all the oh, trauma and stuff. I could go to bed and not deal with fights and arguments. Uh, fights and arguments. So, sorry, I had a yawn come over me. So, so when I went out of town, you know, she didn't like that. She called me a weekend father. Said that I'm not going to, she said, I didn't marry you to be a weekend father. You know, I married you because I wanted you to be here with me and the kids and be a family. So, I was like, well, find me another job, and I'll change jobs. I was like, I've been with this job for like seven and a half years. Um, I'm just not going to do it. They pay me too good. I said, find me a company that makes me do the same thing that I'm doing now, but pays me more, and I can stay home, and I'll do it. And you know what? That crazy woman found a company that did it. So I give her kudos for that. But I, cha- but I changed jobs into a field that I had no idea. Like, I, I deal with roofing, commercial construction. And the people that I went and worked for, they wanted me to do sales, 
and business development, establishing a business in that, that that's not created here in my town. And, you know, and I even told them, look, I, I was like, I know commercial roofing and I know what materials are and, you know, what we need to do the job and core in the roof and taper the insulation. You know, I know the mechanics of everything. I just don't know the sale part. You know, the pricing, labor, the job for, you know, what typical materials costs or, you know, what accounting that you need to have or bid documents. I mean, I had a little bit of experience, but not like somebody that's been doing it for like 20, 30 years, you know. But you know what? I committed to it. And, you know, I literally, I, I, I've only got 20 more minutes and I'm trying to wrap this up. But literally, I changed jobs, been doing it for a year and a half or a year. It's been a real hard struggle. But I mean, day in and day out, even with me doing this new job, I was always having to FaceTime. I was always having to tell my wife where I was at. And I mean, I get it. Some some families, you do. It's out of respect. I get that. But like, it was to a point where like, if I went to a gas station and I didn't tell my wife that I stopped at a gas station, I was cheating on her. Or that I was up to some shape. And I'm going to tell you something. For somebody that has that much insecurity issues, I was like, I didn't think of it. But I should have realized that she was doing something bad. Because all the time I, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, no, I just need to, I need to reassure her. I need to make her feel confident to know that she doesn't have nothing to worry about. So what did I do? I did everything I could to prove to her, whether it was on the phone with her the whole entire time or whatever. But lo and behold, you know, based on, based on what I've been uh, informed of, you know, she was doing, she was cheating on me behind my back. She was sitting here fooling around with guys. Well, I was sitting here doing everything I could to justify. She was fooling around with other guys behind my back. And I just, I was like, I couldn't believe that I was so naive to, to not realize that for her accusing me so hard and being so harsh on me, that she was literally cheating on me behind my back. You know, did I have somebody directly come up to me and be like, Oh, yeah, she was definitely cheating on you. No. But the moment that we separated, you know what she did? She turned around and had somebody sleeping at the house. While, while I still have the forerunner in my name, and she's driving around in it, and she's got another dude sleeping at the house. Which I knew who he was. I got the picture of the vehicle. I got his license plate. I know his name. But you know what? Whatever. <coughs> you know, I realized after it got to that point where I realized that enough's enough. And I mean, this is day in and day out, all that stuff that I told you all the time. And the moment that she turned around and insulted me for a phone call that I had no, no reasoning behind it. Like literally I had a Father's Day weekend. My sister calls me, my sister's upset. This is the first Father's Day. She doesn't have her father, her biological father. So she's upset. Come to find out, you know, she's been trying to date this guy. This guy's not finding her attractive. 
She's upset. She's been working out really hard. And she's on the phone. And if you don't know my sister, she said some things that kind of would be like, what the hell is that about? But you could tell my sister had been drinking. And I'm sitting here in the pool with my son, teaching him how to swim. I got my stepson there. And my brother-in-law, my, uh, my brother and my sister-in-law. And my wife answers the phone and puts it on speakerphone. And my sister's calling, crying, devastating over the phone. And she's talking about, like, how she's been working out really hard. You'd be proud of her. And she's like, I can even send you nudes. Now, when somebody hears nudes initially, yeah, I get it. You, you know, you're thinking down below the cuckoo and the boobs. But, like, my sister was talking about, like, just just her physique-wise, you know. And I, nobody understood that. I didn't know that at the time. But I, and I was even like this. I was like, oh, you're acting really weird. I was like, why don't you call me tomorrow when you are sober and we'll talk more tomorrow. You know, but did my wife hang up the phone? Because I'm in the pool. My wife's got my phone. My wife didn't hang up the phone. She's willing to sit there, and, and my sister just kept talking. And I literally was at that point, like, dude, get off the phone. She got off the phone and turned around and was like, you need to handle your incest family. Like, that's some incest shit. And I, I'm sorry, but there's only so much that I could take. But when you turn around and insult someone that's my sister... I'm over it. That was it. That was the line. That was the that was what broke the camel's back, because I didn't know the situation, but for my wife to turn around and have everybody against me and make me feel like the smallest person in the room, that was it. I was done. I turned around, told her, I said, "We need to go home." She didn't want to go home. She'd been drinking. She didn't want to leave. So I turned around, grabbed my son, I put him in his car seat, and we drove off. I called my mom. I was upset. I got to that point where I just didn't know what to do. I felt like if I went up, I was supposed to go down. If I went down, I mean, I literally was trapped in a spot where I literally felt I couldn't go anywhere. I mean, it got to that point where I turned around and grabbed my pistol and put it to my head while my mom is on FaceTime with me. My mom is on FaceTime, and I put a gun to my forehead. And I'm like telling her how I just want to kill myself because I don't know what else to do. And that was it. That, that was the breaking point. That was the moment of realization that I knew that I cannot go through a marriage like this no more. That abusive, controlling, no more. I could not do it. You know, I know this is all first part of the story, but I'm telling you. There's men out there that have gone through exactly what I've gone through. People don't believe it, but I'm telling you, there's women out there that just, they are very manipulative. They don't even, I don't even think, I don't even think to this day that my ex-wife knows how manipulative she was. I think it was just almost like a game to her, that it's just so natural for her, that it's just, just, it just, it's easy. And she just does it. So, with all that being said, this is the kind of talks that we're going to get into more in depth on smaller details, more with personal other people that are around in my town that you can hear it from them. You know, that they're, even though there's bad guys, there's good guys that have been treated bad and that there's, there's guys that, yeah, they probably deserved it, but then there's also guys that don't deserve it 
that have gone through some trauma that makes it difficult for them. And I just hope men, women, both y'all, both both sides of the sex, you know, have an eye opener about what what happens. You know, maybe there's a guy there that will click perfectly with my ex-wife. And I honestly, I really do hope she does find peace with somebody. You know, I never wish anything bad upon her. You know, I just want to be able to live my life in peace. And that was it. That's all I kept saying. I just want to be in peace. That was not what I wanted. That was not what I envisioned my marriage to be like. And I was so, so naive. You, I would have never, I couldn't even tell you that I didn't realize what I had gone through until afterwards. I mean, to the point where, like, even when I was at restaurants, you know, I didn't even talk to the waitress. I felt so, I had, like, so much guilt built over in my heart that, you know, it was, it was basically falsified guilt. I, I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything wrong, but I was convinced that I was cheating or I was convinced that I was doing something wrong. So that's been traumatizing for me to get past and be able to get through and move on. So that's just something to kind of put things to light too, is that there's men out there that go through it too. You know, I hope everybody enjoyed this podcast today. I really, really, really enjoyed expressing what I had gone through. It really helps me, and I really hope that it helps you guys and gals, you know, putting things out there and just being like, you know, wow, you know, this is one of one of many stories that are here to come. So, you know, please give me. Any type of comments, DM me. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Uh, it, it, you know, if you if you want to question me privately, you know, my email is Daniel W C M like West Coast Movement 2011 at gmail.com. Send me an email. Tell me what's going on. Tell me what's what you've experienced, and let's let's try to do like a phone meeting. Let's let's get you on the podcast. Let's let's get you out there. You know, if there's somebody you want me to talk to and even introduce the same situation, or even if you're a female and you want to talk about, you know, things that you've gone through that a man put you through, let's do it. Let's go. I'm, I'm all for it. I have no problem with it. You know, everybody have a great, wonderful day. This is Daniel James Edwards. I'm signing out.